Did you know you don't have to wait for a special day or a time or a holiday or a season to find somebody and just tell them, hey, you mean a lot to me. Hey, I appreciate you. I thank you for what you're, thank you for what you're doing. And uh, I tell you what, uh, appreciation goes a long way with folks. And uh, so anyway, I encourage you, if you haven't done so in a while, if your appreciation skills are a little bit rusty, it's time to knock the rest off of them and uh, find somebody, find somebody to be a blessing to. And uh, it don't have to be anything uh, extravagant or expensive. Uh, you'd be surprised just uh, the sincerity of your words, what it means to somebody. Amen. And uh, anyway, like I said, that was free of charge, but uh, it's good advice nonetheless. Amen. If you have your Bibles tonight, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number 2. Proverbs chapter number 2, and we're going to start reading at verse number 1. Proverbs chapter 2, and we'll start reading at verse number 1. And as you're coming to your place and getting there, if you'll stand with us for the reading of God's Word, we have been here preaching on our uh, walk, wisdom, and the will of God sermon series. And we here the last few weeks have been in uh, this subject of wisdom. And uh, we are going to be spending some time. I gave you the disclaimer back when we started this sermon series. I said, we're just going to be here for a little while. Just preach on some of these things and break the bread of life together and dive into the Word of God together and see what God has to say. How many of you know God still in 2022 still has some things He wants to say to us? Amen. Still some things. Can I just, can I just say this? That, that your pastor, there's still lots that he's got to learn and got to grow in. Amen. And, uh, and I, I'm hoping that makes you feel better up front because the truth is every one of us, we've still got lots of growing and learning. And, and Brother Chad, that is not an insult. The truth is we're going to do that until we make heaven our home. Amen. And then, then we will be able to say, I have arrived. Amen. Then we'll be able to declare, all right. Uh, now we have officially made it. And until then, oh, my heart will go on singing. Until then, I'm going to keep carrying on. And uh, we're just going to keep pressing in and digging in here to the Word of God. And uh, we have, last week we read out of the book of James. And the question was posed, if you will, said, does any of you or if any of you lack wisdom, Brother Tobin, it said, let him ask of who? Ask of God. Let him ask of God. And we have been talking about here in this the fact that we must get wisdom. It's the principal thing. That was, that's what we were preaching on. And then we must ask for wisdom. Tonight, if we can, we're just going to preach for a little bit on the pursuit of wisdom. The pursuit of wisdom. And what does that look like? And so, uh, as we take a look here at the Word of God, Proverbs chapter 2, starting here in verse number 1. If you're there with me, won't you say amen? My son, 
If thou wilt receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thine ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and liftest up thy voice for understanding. If thou seekest her, and the term for wisdom here in Proverbs is referred to as her. So when you see her, it's speaking of wisdom. If thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as for hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of His mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Amen. I've asked this once before, maybe a couple of times before in preaching this sermon series, but is there anybody who would agree with me that we are in an absolute state of confusion? Anybody agree with that? Anybody hear of things going on, see what's going on, hear what's going on, and you just sit and shake your head and say, what are we doing? What is going on? Now, it's very apparent the consensus here, you're 100% in agreement for that as we look at world affairs. Now, let me get a little bit more personal. Have you looked at your life personally? And have you ever said, because I know Jacob Smith has said before, what are you doing? (laughs) What is the confusion? What is, why this? Why are you doing this? Anybody here? You see, I still believe this, that if we are going to change this world, as Christ has, I believe, given us the power to do so, the command to do so, before we are world changers... We as individuals have to change. Before we are preaching in highways and byways and we're going to shake up the world for the kingdom of God, Brother Chris, we've got to let God's word shake us up, turn our lives around. Isn't it funny how oftentimes we want to see change in so many other places, but we don't really want to deal with change with us. And so these are some things that we've been looking at, and this is what wisdom is dealing with. And I want you to understand uh, how personal this is, how personal this is, and how desperately God wants His children to operate in wisdom. Can we pray together one more time? Father, I thank You for Your Word, and I thank You tonight for each and every heart and life that's represented here. And once again, we ask for Your anointing. We ask, Lord, for Your presence and power to rest with us. We pray, Lord, that You would help us. And Lord, as we hear Your Word, that we apply it. Lord, that we are changed by it. That, the, that our living, our impact, our influence is different because we are pursuing after living in and exercising godly wisdom. And Father, we ask and pray you'd bless us tonight. Touch my mind and my lips, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. Our central text we had taken out of Ephesians 5, and we had spent some time on verse number 15 as the Word of God tells us to walk circumspectly. We've been talking about our walk, our relationship with God. 
And as if I can just highlight and recap, because after a period of time on preaching on something, there are some times that maybe we forget or maybe we need to be reminded of some things that we have, that we have uh, seen and discussed. But uh, we have been commanded in God's Word. Ephesians 5 gave us three specific areas of how our relationship, how our walk with God should be or what we should be walking in in our relationship. The first one was that of love. We are to walk in love. The Word of God calls this. It is the distinction, a distinguishing mark of a child of God is that we walk in the love of God. There are two things that we must love. You say, well, Brother Jacob, it sounds, seems to me it would be a whole lot more encompassing. Well, just hear what the Word of God says. Let me remind you what the Bible says. It says, number one, to love the Lord thy God. With all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength, all that you have, love him first. And then, Brother Udy, here's the big one. This is the kicker. He said, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, as a matter of fact, upon these two things, all of the law and the prophets, they hinge upon these two things. In other words, we can't get anything right unless we have that right. We cannot succeed spiritually unless that is right. As my pastor has said many times, I've heard Brother Goodwin say, he'd say, make the main thing the main thing. Keep it straight. Keep it right. Concentrate on what, is, uh, what, what needs to be done right. And so, as we look at this, love, and then we walk in light. We need the revelation of God's Word and His Spirit. We need clarity and focus in our relationship with God. And then circumspectly, as we are to look, to pay attention, to see, to understand that there are consequences, both good and bad, to be received, to be reaped for what we have shown, what decisions what directions that we go into, the influence of our lives. When we look around, we see that our world is severely influenced by that spirit of the Antichrist, by sin that permeates this world. We come to find that for too long, I'm afraid that the church has set back, God's people has set back, and we can spout and spew about rules and religion and traditions and uh, trivial things that make no eternal consequence. And yet our personal living and our influence and our light has been dimmed as we have failed to carry out what it is to be a real example of the power of God at work in our lives and working in and through us to impact those around us. There's consequence. There is an eternal weight upon which these things hinge. He said, walk circumspectly. And then he said this, not as fools, but as wise. But as wise. 
And so this is where we have been spending a little bit of time on the subject of wisdom. And here in the next few weeks, we are going to be, if you will allow me to to say it this way, we're going to be uh, spending some time on some practical places of wisdom. One of the things that I have mentioned is the fact that wisdom, because what we have to understand is that we are called to walk this way and with wisdom so that we might know and understand what the will of God is. Can I say that very desperately, heaven wants you to know what God's will is for your life. And when we have said in a couple of things that we have mentioned, God's will is not just about what we do. Uh, Some would say, well, it's God's will for me to be in uh, missions. It's God's will for me to be uh, this in ministry. I am am, uh, uh, going to be a preacher. I am a a musician. I'm going to use my talents. I am a teacher. I am a, and you can fill in the blanks, and it's not uh, the will of God is not regulated to ministry titles in a church because if you're waiting for a title or assignment in the church then friends we have missed it completely because the truth is all of us have been called and mandated to be ministers of this gospel and of Christ in this world and in the lives that are around us and you said brother Jacob you're preaching in the choir we know all of this all right that's fine and wonderful but as we look at this I want you to understand is that there is there are some earmarks there are some distinguishing factors I do believe for the child of God there are some things there are kingdom principles that must be applied to our lives there are some things that need to be a part of who we are every day in our places of work in our homes in our community in our neighborhoods, in our families. There must be something at work. And I believe that thing that should be at work should be the application and the exercising of godly wisdom at work in our lives. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time. We're going to spend a little bit of time on things such as wisdom in our relationships and wisdom in our words, wisdom in our finances we're going to get down to some practical things and I say that because sometimes we put a spiritual term on everything and put it under that spiritual umbrella somewhere and then brother Wesley if we're not careful we think that well that's good for certain times and certain seasons but God really doesn't want to have any influence in this place in my life at any other time And that's the furthest thing from the truth. Can I just tell you right now tonight, as sure as I'm standing here, I need his help and direction, Sister Janie, in every place of my life. Every place of it. Every place of it. A part of this is understanding that uh, and really letting it sink in that without him we can do nothing. That we need the Lord's help. We must look to his word 
when we understand this, I want you to understand that the Word of God, we have talked about the fact that we must get wisdom. The Word of God said it is the principal thing. We must ask for wisdom. We had spent a little bit of time last week talking about the fact what it's just as simple as an ask. The Word of God tells us, Sister Sandy, that we have not because we ask not. And he said, when you do ask, you're asking amiss. In other words, you're not specific. It is just general terms. You're just kind of loose with your act or with your ask, excuse me, as to what it is that you're wanting the Lord or needing Him to do on your behalf. Can I say tonight that in the, in the canvas of all of our lives, there are intricate details, intricate points and dots. Have you ever seen, they have these artists that will do these magnificent paintings and they will do them by individual dots. They will take, and this and a, and a particular picture may have several uh, thousand, hundreds of thousands or upwards of, of a million or so dots. They will change colors and all these things, but they will literally make an, a, a piece of art. And if you were to get up and look at that picture, it's all of these dots just intricately put together. And can I say that in the canvas of our lives, there is such detail. There are so many things that God has put together and is putting together and is piecing together. And so I want you to understand tonight is that if there's one avenue the enemy would love to attack and wage war in your mind and in your spirit, it is to make you think that you are generic, to make you think that you are general. Why do you think that there is such an attack upon the identity of people in our world today, in our culture? So many who will say, I don't know how I identify. I don't know who I am. Or they're changing course from what their identity is. I'll tell you why. Because there is a real devil who wants you to believe you are generic. Who wants you to believe that there is a God who is disinterested in you. Therefore, the argument is there is no God. He's not interested, Gloria, in the details of your life. He's not interested in the relationships, in the connections, in the places, and the people who are a part of you. That is a lie from hell. And we have several in the church that walk around with a look of disconnect. That's why they can park themselves on a pew and they never worship or they never have relationship with God because they think they're just another number. They're just another grain of sand in the sea of time. According to the IRS, they don't know me as Jacob Dwayne Smith, the person. They know my name. They know my address. They know my social security number. And that's all I am to them. Oh, but friends, can I tell you, David said, every member of my body is recorded in your book. He said that Israel, which is his people, they are the apple of his eye. The word of God said, Brother Gary, every breath I'm ever going to breathe, God's already measured it out in his hand. I want to remind you, church, there's a God in heaven who loves 
measure and every detail of your life is important to Him. Come on here. When folks begin to believe the thought that maybe I really don't matter. Maybe I really don't matter to God. Maybe I'm just another, I'm just another, I'm just another person. I'm just taking up space. I'm just another, you know, whatever the case might be. Because let me, I want you to hear me loud and clear. The enemy loves to monopolize on such feelings. He loves to get you at such a low point. And to get us to a point and a place as to where because of a said belief, because of a said thought of heart, that we don't pursue the things of God. I want you to notice something here in the text that I read tonight. First of all, you must understand that the book of Proverbs written by Solomon, who the Bible declares was the wisest man to live. You might remember the story. If you haven't heard it, let me just interject this here for a moment. Solomon was getting ready to be king of Israel. The Lord had showed up to Solomon in a dream and had asked him, said, what is it that I can give? What is it that you would ask? What is it that you would want? Most people in their response would be, well, I want to be sure I've got enough wealth until the end of my life. Or I want to be sure that I've got this amount of power, this amount of influence. I want this and I want that. But we find if I can paraphrase, Solomon said, I want wisdom how to lead your people. I want wisdom. I want to know what it is that you would give. I need heavenly insight for this earthly mission. I need heavenly insight because I believe I am being divinely appointed and I want to tell you tonight, friends, I want to remind you tonight is that in your life, sitting around your kitchen table, sitting on your laps, those babies you hold, that spouse you're sitting by, those that are in your care, the congregation of this church family, these are eternal souls. And I want you to understand there is plan and purpose for each and every one of them. I know that we in our humanity, we can be stubborn, we can be ornery, we can be mean, we can be hard-headed. Oh, but can I say is that God is always looking to work His purpose in us because He knows He's got people connected to you so that His purpose can be worked through you to impact those around you. Now, in saying this, this, this song or, or, or this uh, book of Proverbs it is a letter written from father to son. From father to son. When you look at this, we find here the, the salutation. It says, my son. My son. Amen. Aren't you glad that God doesn't call us out by our sin? Hear me. He doesn't say, well, you used to be the addict. You used to, you was the alcoholic. You were the adulterer. You were the fornicator. You were this, you were that. But brother Eli, when we have come under the blood of the lamb, aren't you glad? Oh, I know the devil. 
devil wants to call you that. I know the devil wants to pull you back to your past and throw dirt in your face. Oh, but I'm glad that when he saved me, he called me son. When he saved you, he called you daughter. I want to let you know it speaks of intimacy. It speaks of that of love that goes far beyond what we can comprehend, as I said. He said, my son. I want you to understand this, is that wisdom is a desire of God to have personal principle and connection with you. He wants to give that insight. He wants you to have it. He wants you to possess it. All of us in here... Our stories may be different about our upbringing. Maybe there were some in your life. Maybe your parents weren't parents. Maybe there were others who were in your life. They became parents. Maybe it was through a grandparent. Maybe it was through an aunt, an uncle. Maybe it was through somebody else. I know that not everybody's story is the same. I know that there are many bumps in the road and there are many disappointments and all those things. But tonight, I think it is safe to say that though all of our stories may be different, you are sitting here tonight because somewhere along the line, somebody invested into you. Somebody poured into you. Somebody prayed over you. Somebody invited you. Somebody called you. Somebody loved you enough to tell you when you was wrong. Somebody loved you enough and said, hey, Wesley Coleman, you're a knucklehead. Quit acting that way. Come on here. That's real love. Straighten, it's time to straighten up. It's time to do right. Somebody asked somebody else in here, said, aren't you tired of running? Don't you think it's time to come on home? Come on here. You're not shouting, but I'm praying. I know some of you have been saved for so long. You just, spiritual artifacts. Just, I can't remember the time I was lost in sin. I don't remember. I'm sorry, Brother Jacob, I don't remember that. But I, let me just tell you and assure you that somewhere along the line, somebody called you son. Somebody called you daughter. Somebody loved on you. Somebody helped get you into the kingdom. And so here's what I want you to understand. Is as parents, as understanding the dynamic of father, son, mother, daughter, father, daughter, mother, son relationships. What I want you to understand is that one of the things that I think that any parent worth their salt wants to do is leave some kind of legacy, wants to leave something. And I'm not talking about millions in a bank account. I'm not talking about more cars than a kid can drive or more houses than, than, that they can keep up with. But I'm talking about, Brother Jeremy, something that sets inside of our children that helps them make heaven their home. That they can stand and be proud of who their parents were. That they can be proud of the stand. They didn't, maybe they didn't always agree. Maybe they didn't always see eye to eye. They, was, they could be proud. They knew they was loved. They knew they was cared for. They knew that they was instructed. And so as a result of that, that comes with some teaching. That comes with some things. And, the, and some things that you would say, listen, you've got to pay close attention here. 
And I want you to notice is that this is what God's Word does with the subject of wisdom. He says, I want you to understand something here. There is something that you need to know. This is going to be a blessing to you in your life. Every one of us in here, there are some places in our lives that we wish we would have known something sooner. We wish because we know it would have prevented us some heartache. We know it would have prevented us some scars. We know it would have prevented us some frustration. Maybe it would have prevented us some embarrassment. Maybe it would have prevented us some failure, whatever the case might be. But we can't rewind time and we can't go back. And, 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 but I want you to understand is that there are some things from the Word of God that He is saying, you need to listen, son, daughter, pay attention. There are some things that I have to say to you. And this will impact your life in such a way. That's why I said wisdom's the principal thing. In all of your getting, get it. And while you're getting, get understanding. I want you to notice a couple of things here about wisdom. I want you to notice a couple of things that really stood out, I believe, to me at least, here in the Word of God as, uh, as looking, as, as looking at, at this uh, this verse here tonight where we've been reading from. I want you to notice this. I want you to look at all of the action words. You English majors would call it a verb. I want you to look at the verbs that are listed. I want you to, I'm going to name them. I want you to catch this. Receive, hide, incline, apply, cry, seek, search, understand, and find. There were these words of action, instruction to act of what we are to do within these six verses that I have read. I want you to understand tonight that when we are uh, after wisdom, that when we are pursuing wisdom, that this is an action. I'm afraid that too many times we in the church, we have resolved ourselves to this thought that whatever God wants me to have, He's just going to drop it in my lap. I heard a fellow one time say, he said, well, he said, when it comes to God's will, when it comes to these things, if it happens, it happens. He had a passive mindset. He had a thought to say, well, it's just whatever. If God's going to do it, he's just going to have to throw it at me. He's just going to have to just dump it on me. I want to tell you tonight, first and foremost, is there are many handfuls on purpose that God gives to us that we don't deserve. There are things, oh, the Word of God reminds us of the fact, His mercy that came with the sunrise this morning, His loving kindness that is greater than life. He gave us breath in our bodies and He gave us strength to make it through our days. And there's a lots that we could look at. And He comes and He heaps it upon the blessing of the Lord maketh rich and it adds no sorrow the word of God says there is much he gives me that I do not deserve oh that I am not worthy of and he gives it to me on purpose brother Gerard however 
However, there are things in God that requires us to roll up our sleeves, to yield our hearts, to pursue him in prayer, to run after him, oh, to seek him with the whole heart, to diligently pursue. The word of God said that he is a rewarder of them who will diligently pursue him, who will seek him. Sister Diana, the word of God said, I will draw nigh unto them who will draw nigh unto me. What does that let me know, Sister Amy? It says that he is a gentleman. He will never force himself. He will never force feed me. He will never make me, though he could if he wanted to. But it also tells me that my capacity to have more of him, my capacity to draw closer to him, Sister Gloria, depends upon my willingness to pursue the Lord. Amen. Smith Wigglesworth was known for this prayer. He said, all of me, none of God. Some of me, some of God. None of me, all of God. Amen. There has to be a desire in our heart for the things of God. I want to ask you tonight, family, what are you pursuing? What are you chasing after? What is it? Before you get defensive and say, well, you got to understand, Brother Jake, I've got a young family, or I'm pursuing responsibilities. i got to take care of this. I'm, I'm go- I need to be a good provider. I need to be a good this, or I need to be a good that. I understand responsibilities. I understand those things. But listen, I'm asking you, what are you pursuing? Because let me tell you this, what you are pursuing reveals what your priorities are. What we are pursuing after reveals what our priorities are. I'm not talking about you go in tomorrow and you tell your boss, I'm turning in my notice, let me go. And you go sit in a cabin by the lake somewhere and you pray 24 hours a day and become some kind of uber spiritual. No. No. But what I am saying in this is that this is a reason why there is need for wisdom in our lives is because, Brother Tobin, there is a lot that is contending for our time and attention. There are a lot of things that are fighting. There's a wrestling match. There is a war that's going on, Brother Jeremy. There are things that we are contending with. There are constantly things, Brother Michael, that try to put themselves in front of the line in our lives. And if we're not careful, we begin to pursue very hard after things. Very hard after things that have no eternal value. We allow that to be the priority. And so he says this. He says, son, he said, my son, I want you to notice one of the first things. And I'm, I know I'm running out of time and I may not be able to cover all this. But he says, if you will receive my words and treasure my commands within you. If you'll receive my words and hide my commandments with you. If you will listen to what I have to say. Sometimes, and I know, listen, I'm not saying this to 
belittle, berate, or beat you up. I understand. You come in a night like this and you're tired. Brother Jacob's preaching. And you're doing your best to keep your eyes open. Right? I get it. I understand. We're all human. I'm not saying that you got to sit on the edge of your seat and hang on every one of my words and say, oh, what's next? Tell me what's next. Because somebody's thinking, Lord, help. He better bring this to a close real quick or I'm going to flat out start snoring right now. Sometimes, sometimes in preaching, you can look around and you see folks with that glazed look in their eye. They don't know anything that you said. So that's why sometimes you got to jump on the pew, Brother Chad. Wake somebody up. That's why sometimes you really got to get hunkered down on the microphone and say, Hallelujah! Right? Wake somebody up a little bit. But here's the thing. Listen. He said, if you will receive my words, what are his words? His word is the word. It is the word of God. Can I tell somebody tonight, there is not some mystical, super spiritual revelation you're going to get from anywhere else. And if you think you can, if you think you can find it in a man, in a movement, in some kind of, in some kind of weird, I don't know, situation or whatever, I'm telling you, you better run far from it. If you want to know truth for your life, if you want to have the coordinates for your soul to make heaven, we have got to get into the Word of God. Can I just say this with as much love as I can, but I mean it with all of my heart? We as a church have no leg to stand on to run around and throw our hands up and say, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to live right. I don't know how to love my neighbor. I don't know how to serve correctly. I don't know how to do these things. When we've got 15 Bibles in our house, and you've got one on your phone and your iPad and your laptop, you have His Word. His word is life. His word gives us instruction. And he says, if you'll incline yourself to hear my words, and if you'll hide them, if you'll hide them, if you'll receive them and hide them. Friends, can I say, the word of God says this. We sometimes, I know sometimes our faith gets puny. I know sometimes we feel very weak. I know sometimes we're, we're just in the midst of the battle. But can I say this? Some would say, oh, where can I find faith? What can I do? And we think it's in something that we can pick up, something that we can pray, something that we can think on. But the Word of God says this, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Can I say, I love you with all my heart. I'm thankful that you, uh, you, you folks love your pastor. You appreciate, you tell me all the time. And I'm thankful for that. But can I just tell you, I am only a man. I am only a human. But can I say, is that more than anything, we need to be in love with the Father and in love with His Word and understand that it is that Word that is going to help us to make it. It is that Word going to give us power to overcome. It is that Word going to give us faith in this midnight hour. It is that Word as we receive it, as we hide it, as we apply it, 
as we seek after it, pursue that word. Can I say that I could truly summarize this entire message with this thing? To be in pursuit of wisdom, of godly wisdom, it really boils down to this, is that you are making Him and His Word priority in your life. Priority in your life. Understand is that as we look at this, and I'm coming to a close here, is that as we look at this, we find the Word of God said not only are we to receive His words and treasure them, He said, so that your ear is attentive. How many times have we heard in the Word of God said, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say. What the Spirit has to say. My Paul used to say this. He'd say, God gave you two ears and one mouth. He said, so you know what that means? You ought to listen twice as much as you talk. Amen. Boy, there's a wisdom principle. There's a wisdom principle. Learn to put this on lockdown and open our ears. How else are we going to receive his word but to listen? To listen. And see, the problem is there's an attack on what we listen to because, Sister Amy, the Word of God said in those last days, they would heap themselves together teachers having itching ears. There are some folks, they only want to hear what they want to hear. They only want to hear what they want to hear. Well, prove it, Brother Jacob. We've got a whole group of people now, they want their own pronouns. They only want to be called certain things. You only talk to me in a certain way. You only address me in a certain way. And before you go point your finger at those who act that way, can I say that we in the church can be just as hard-headed? I don't, don't you tell me anything but what I want to hear. Don't you tell me anything. You preach on that, I mean I'll pull my tithe. You say that, you do that, preacher. I mean I'm off the membership roll. I'll go find me another church. Don't you hurt my feelings. Don't you step on my toes. Don't you get to preaching that hell's hot and that there is a, a a, a right way to live. Don't you start meddling in my life, uh, you stinker. Don't you go, don't you go bothering me and, and rattling my cage over that stuff. I mean, you better not do it. We in the church are the same way. But can I say, if you reject his word, you reject faith. If you reject his words, you reject wisdom. If you reject his word, you reject his plan for eternity. For your life. God help us to hear. Help us to hear. Can we bow our heads all over this house. Father I thank you tonight. Lord I do give you praise. And I give you glory. And I'm thankful for your word. I'm thankful for every promise of your word. And Lord tonight I pray that you would help us. Help us to realize. That there are things that are not just going to be automatic. But we have to desire and we have to pursue. We have to be diligent after your wisdom. We have to receive your words and hide your words. Apply those words. Seek and cry after. Lord, help us to realize is that wisdom does not come to the passive person, but it comes to the one who has made you a priority. 
Father, I pray you would challenge our hearts tonight. I pray, God, that you would help us because all of us in our lives, there is purpose and plan that you have. There is a distinct will of God for us in what we do and most importantly in who we are. And I pray that you would help us tonight. I pray you would challenge our hearts. Lord, help us that we would have ears to hear. Help us, Lord, that we would listen Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by your word. I pray tonight, Lord, that you would help us. Help us, Lord, that our hearts be open and tender. Lord, let us lose a calloused heart and attitude that says, I want to hear what I want to hear. I want to do what I want to do. But God, help us to align ourselves with your word. Help us to understand that you are in interested in the intricate details of our lives. Tonight, church, I simply want to ask the question. I want to ask the question, what are you pursuing? What are you pursuing? And better, it's yet suited like this. What are your priorities? What are your priorities? Lord, help me. Check me. Deal with me. Convict me. If I have let anything else become a priority. Because church, you and only you can see the places in your life where there's a hemorrhage. Where it seems like you're losing life, you're bleeding out, you're weak, you're frustrated, you're tempted. There's these things that trigger you and and you're tossed all around. And there's things you're wrestling with. You're wrestling with God's will. You're wrestling with trying to understand what He wants. And, but we've got to get ourselves in a place where we can listen. Where we can listen to what God has to say. And Tonight, if that's you, if you would say, I want to pursue Him. I want Him above all to be my priority. His word. His will. His way. And why don't we come and find ourselves a place in these altars... Can we come tonight, this most important time of the night? Oh, that we can seek God's face. Oh, that we could ask of Him and say, Lord, would you help me? Lord, would you? I need your instruction. Lord, I need to receive of your word. Father, I need, and maybe tonight that means to admit that, Lord, uh, there are some things I haven't wanted to hear. There are some things that, I, that I've wanted my way, and I've had my thoughts, and I've had my wish and my agenda. But, Lord, would you break me open? Would you help me? Lord, would you open my ears to hear? Lord, that I'd receive your word, that I would hide your command in my heart that I tonight would pursue after you that I would seek and lift up my voice and cry oh to ask and say Lord I need you Lord I need your wisdom Lord I need your word Father I need you to make it a priority I need to make it a priority in my life oh Father tonight Tonight, we thank you. Tonight, Lord, we give you praise. Tonight, Lord, we're so grateful for your word. And Lord, knowing your word is life. Oh, your word is light. Your word is power. Father, I pray tonight.